Hey, this is Steve Allen. I'm the pastor of Destiny Christian Center in Laplace, Louisiana. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Discovering Your Destiny broadcast. I hope it builds your faith, helps you to grow in every area of your life. Enjoy this message. In our, in our first lesson, we, we established that being debt-free is the will of God for our lives. Uh, I want you to confess. We, we made this confession then. Say this with me. God's will for me. Is to be debt free. Um, in our second lesson, we found out that debt is a form of slavery. Uh, third lesson, we talked about God's release in our participation. Last week, we began to ignite our faith, and we talked about how how you have to have a vision of being debt free. And our confession last week is, "I see me debt free." <laughs> Say that. Say, "I see me debt free." <laughs> <laughs> I want to continue to deal with uh, uh, vision today, but I kind of want to focus on the fact that we have to be persistent uh, when it comes to vision. And I will tell you that the principles of this lesson can be used for anything, uh, but we're aiming them at being debt-free. We've talked about this in the past, but we're aiming uh, this lesson at being debt-free. So I want to talk about the importance of persistence. Now, uh, persistence comes, uh, it means steadfastness. It means tenacity. Uh, it means to stay on course. Uh, you've got to realize that there are going to be some obstacles that's going to come against you and your vision of being debt free. Now, even though God gives us vision, it doesn't mean that we're, we're going to get there without some type of resistance. And I will tell you, uh, when there's no resistance, you're not moving. So people who aren't doing anything don't have to worry about resistance. But when you decide that you're going to follow God's plan for your life, everything is going to come your way. And when resistance comes, you need to just say, thank you, Lord. At least I know I'm moving forward. Tell somebody, say, I'm moving forward. God says, God says in Habakkuk 2 and 3 that the vision shall surely come. And, and even though... Uh, there are times of stress, there are times of disappointment, there are times of pressure. The vision shall surely come. We've just got to be persistent and we've got to make up our minds that we are not going to quit. Uh, one of the words that describes God's nature is faithfulness. How many know that God is faithful? And see, we've got to adapt uh, we've got to adopt the same characteristic. We're made in God's image, so we've got to be Faithful. Now listen to this. Opposition should strengthen your resolve and revive your stamina. Paul says that the trials should refine our faith and make us better. Tell somebody, say, I'm getting better. I'm not getting bitter. Even though I have trials, you don't have to say this. Even though I have trials, my trials are not making me bitter, but they're making me better. I'm stronger today because of what I went through on yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I trusted God in some trials on yesterday. 
and 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 I I know now that God is able to bring me through anything. So I'm like I'm like David when I'm facing a giant now. I reflect back on the times that God delivered me in the past. I, I look at the bear and I look at the lion and I say, if God can do that, He can do this too. So whatever you're dealing with right now, you need to rewind the tape and look back over your life and think about the times that God brought you through something. Anybody ever been through anything? And you know it was God that brought you through? Well, the same God. Don't make me preach in here. The same God. <laughs> you, you know, y'all got, to, y'all got to watch me today because I'm holding this mic. This is a preaching mic. I, I normally have a little mic clipped on me, you know. But this mic here, it'll, it'll pull something out of me. So, yeah. <laughs> so y'all pray for me today. Jesus showed us uh, how to bring a vision to pass in the midst of challenges. Jesus, our example. He faced a lot of challenges that we face today, yet the vision came to pass. I just want to show you a few things that Jesus had to face and had to deal with. Uh, First thing he had to deal with was a difficult family background. You know, life can be tough sometimes for some of us. Some of us have had our parents to divorce when we were young. That's that's me. I can say that. Some some of us had drug-addicted, alcoholic our parents. Some of us never knew our fathers, fathers. And Jesus knew what it felt like because he had a difficult family background. He was born under what we could call questionable circumstances. He was called illegitimate. But that didn't stop him from knowing his relationship with his heavenly father. And it didn't stop him from fulfilling his purpose as God's son. And I want you to know that no matter what your background is, our Heavenly Father can help you to overcome it, and he can help you to fulfill your purpose. I don't care what your past looks like. See, you've got to make up your mind that you're not going to let your past destroy your future. You're not going to let your past destroy your present. I, look, I don't care where I came from. I don't care where I came from. I am going, you know what, I, what I've learned to do? Even though I had a rough past, and see, some of us will use the excuse of our fathers because they, man, you know, my father or my parents weren't no good. You know what it did for me? It made me want to be good. Yeah. If my father wasn't a good father to me, it made, made me want to be a better parent to my children. So you've got to take that negative and, 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 and turn it to a positive. You've got you to gotta flip it. Tell somebody you've got to flip it. Flip it. Make it a positive. Uh, another thing that Jesus had to deal with was jealous and scheming people. Jesus went through everything you can imagine. There were people constantly trying to cause him to fail. They tried to set him up with trick questions. The religious leaders were plotting to kill them. They called him all kinds of names. They called him demon-possessed, drunkard, and, 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 and a glutton. But the vision in his heart was bigger than the insults that he was hearing. And listen to you. If you're going to be an overcomer, the vision in your heart has to be bigger than your opposition. Let them call you what they want to call you. When it's all over, they're going to have to call you blessed. Let, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Uh, go to 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. I'm going to actually read this in uh, three translations. King James, Amplified, and Message Bible. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. You got it? If you have it, say I have it. 
If you don't have it, say wait. Listen to what it says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The amplified version of the Bible says this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile, it's never wasted or to no purpose. The message Bible is going to bless you. Listen to what he says. With all this going on for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground. And don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Now that word steadfast means to stand steady in the face of resistance. There's a statement that I live by, and actually we we know it here in this ministry, and that is destiny demands diligence, so never quit. Come on, say that. Say destiny demands diligence, so never quit. So it doesn't matter where we start. We're going to make it to our destination if we don't quit. If Listen, if you're going to quit after a couple of fights, you're never going to be a winner. Persistence is the desire to withstand every opposition. Opposition means that something is opposing me. And let me tell you something. I can't, I can't beat the opposition until I get in the fight. Now, the fight that we are told to fight is a fight of faith. The fight that we are called to fight is a fight of faith. Satan is doing everything he can possibly do to get us out of faith. It's a faith fight. I'll show it to you in the Word. Go to First Timothy, First Timothy um, six and twelve. First Timothy six and twelve. I'll just read the A part of that. First Timothy six and twelve says, "Fight." The good fight of faith. Come on, say that. Say fight. fight. The good fight, the good fight. Of, faith. of faith. Anybody ever been in a good fight? <laughs> Come on now. Anybody here ever been in a good fight? You been in a good fight? You been in a good fight? What made it good? You won. <laughs> right, right. It ain't a good fight <laughs> if I'm not winning. He says we're to fight the good fight of faith. And the reason that it's a good fight is because I win. And let me help you out. And the reason you win is you're fighting a fight that's fixed. You ever heard of a fixed fight? What what does it mean? What does it mean? What happens? It's a setup. It's a setup. The outcome is already determined before anybody gets in the ring. And most of the time, if anybody grew up in the, in the time that I grew up in, you heard of Don King, you know the man with the, 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 the outcome is determined. You know why it's determined? Somebody has been paid off. Man, I'm trying to remember what fight it was. Oh, God. And, and it looked like the man barely hit the man and he just passed out. And I said, oh, that was fixed. That was fixed. He got paid off. He took a dive. Well, our fight has been paid off over 2,000 years ago. Jesus paid the price for our fight to be fixed. So even before we get in the ring, we know that we're already winners. We're, we're just going through the motions, but we already win. Tell somebody, say, I already win. 
Look, look at 2 Timothy 4 and 7. 2 Timothy 4 and 7 says, I have fought a good fight. There it is again. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. The fight is all about your faith. You're no match for the opposition without your faith. But with your faith, the opposition is no match for you. I want you to listen to this. The devil is not concerned about your house. He's not concerned about your car. He's not concerned about your clothing. He's not concerned about your money. The devil is trying to get you out of faith. It's all about your faith. Anything about your car. But he's trying to get you out of faith. That's why when you start confessing things, it'll look worse before it seems better. I was telling this church the other night, I was preaching downtown, and I was telling them how we started. And uh, on Wednesday night, I'll never forget this. On a Wednesday night, I had about 30 people in church. We just started. And the Lord says, I want you to tell the people to stand up and speak to the empty chairs. Tell the empty chairs to fill up in the name of Jesus. So I tell, I told the people, I said, "Y'all stand up, and I want y'all to look at the empty chair, or the empty pew, because we had pews at that time. Lord, those pews, Jesus. <laughs> they were, they were detached cushions at the bottom, and you, you would slip it and slide all through service. But anyway, I said, y'all speak to the empty pew." And command the pew to fill up in the name of Jesus. Had about 30 people. And they stood up. Someone was looking at me like, fill up. <laughs> this man got me talking to a chair. <laughs> he said, and everybody, fill up in the name of Jesus. That was about 30 people. Wednesday came, the, the following Wednesday came, about 15 people showed up. And the devil was, the devil was like, uh-huh, see, them people think you're crazy. They ain't coming back here. But you know what it was? It was the enemy trying to get me out of faith. See, when, when you confess something, you're gonna, it's going to look worse before it gets better. But slowly but surely, the other 15 came back with 15 more. And before you know it, we, we got what we said. See, don't stop your confession. Don't stop. Don't, 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 don't start Doubting because of what you see. You've got to make sure you keep God's word in your mouth. Let, let me show you something. 1 Peter, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 6 and 7. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Listen to what it says. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, hallelujah, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. See, your faith is on trial. Your faith is on trial. And in order for the vision to come to pass, you're going to have to stay in faith. No matter what you, don't be moved by what you hear. Don't be moved by what you see and don't be moved by how you feel because you ain't going to always feel it. But you've got to stay in faith and know that your faith is on trial. Habakkuk 2. 
I'll read this in the Message Bible only. Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3. You got it? And then God answered, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It'll come right on time. So so I, I write what I see by faith and this vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. In Hebrews 11 and 1, the Amplified Version of the Bible says, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things hoped for and the proof of things you don't see. Now, I want to encourage you to do something. I want to encourage you to make a debt-free vision board. I want you to make a debt-free vision board. Now, you can do it how you want. I'll just give you some, I'll give you a, a little example of what you could do. In the middle of the vision board, put a picture of you and your family, a happy picture. You don't want a picture of y'all frowning. You want a happy picture because this is your vision board. This is, this is what you're aiming for. Get some debt-free scriptures and paint, paste them on the board. And put, put the word, get, get a picture of your house. And then get some words and put across it, paid in full. Get a picture of your cars and Get some, some, some words that says, paid in full. <laughs> Get some scripture. And this is your vision board. And put it somewhere that you can see it all the time. Can I just help you? I encourage you, once you get your vision board and you put it somewhere in the house that you're going to see it all the time, take a picture of it with your phone. Make it the screensaver on your phone so when you're in the mall... <laughs> when you're in the mall and you go to, to, to get in debt you pick it up and say oh this ain't what I'm trying to do the devil is a liar I'm trying to get out of debt I, I know I want them shoes I want them but I'm, I'm trying to get out of debt so this is my vision board I'm, tr- I'm getting out of debt keep it before you punch your neighbor say keep it before you Put it, put it as your screensaver. Change your picture on the front of your phone. Take that, take that picture. Take that one off. Take that one off. <laughs> take that one off. <laughs> put that as your, your screen. Some of y'all look at like me like you got mad. Like you've been looking at my phone. No, I ain't saw your phone. I saw your Facebook though. Uh so, faith and vision works hand in hand. So, all the things I go through is an attempt to move me out of faith and stop my vision from manifesting. Let me tell you something. This ain't nothing new. Every believer that's ever done anything went through problems and opposition. Right there in Hebrews 11. 
is a list of great men and women that are listed in what I call the Hall of Faith. Here's the good news. The Hall of Faith is still open. And see, I, 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 made up, I, made up, I made up my mind that I refuse to let Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Joseph and Moses, all of them be in the Hall of Faith and Steve not be there. See, but I can't do it for you. You've got to make up your mind that I'm going to do some stuff in my life that only my faith can do. See, you want something in your life that you can't take credit for. You want something, in, and God wants you to have something in your life that you will say nobody but God could do this. But vision is going to require that you are persistent. Persistent people never take no for an answer. Persistence means, listen to this, you insist on having what you're going after. It means that you stand against resistance until you wear it down. It means you make people who are against you so tired of fighting that they either become your friend or leave you alone. It means you stop only after you're finished. Now the question today is, how bad do you want? How bad do you want to be out of debt? How bad do you... See, let the opposition come. That's all right. One thing I know is no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Listen to me. You can never walk in God's best until you get rid of this quitter's mentality. You're going to have an opportunity. You're going to want to... The devil's going to try to make you quit doing this. He's going to make you want to quit during this time and things may let me tell you this here's the truth you may slip up you may you may slip up but get up and start over again and that's what anything the enemy if you're trying to be healthy the devil's going to do everything he can do to keep you from being healthy the other day I went to lunch with my business partner and a guy we just hired. And uh, they, 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 they ordered these big old cheeseburgers. And, you know, I'm fellowshipping. But I've, I've got some goals that I'm trying to reach and with my weight and my health. So I know I'm, I don't need that, but I'm in the wrong company. So I ordered one. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, 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 uh. hey, look, look, I, I said, since I'm out here, go and put some bacon on it. Hey, 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 and some, some hickory sauce. <laughs> thing was good though. Jesus. I said the devil is alive but he ain't lying this time. This thing here is good. <laughs> so so the enemy says to me man you might as well go and enjoy your life. Yeah, look how good that cheeseburger was. Look what you've been missing. The next day, you're trying to get me to go back. 
do something else unhealthy. I mean, you, you're already off the wagon. You might as well go ahead on and enjoy your life. I said, no. No, I fell yesterday. But it's salad time. It's salad. I got me a salad the next day. Because even though I fell, I can always start over again. I'm not going to give up on my goals. Because I failed one time. And see, even with anything, with anything, anything that you're trying to accomplish, listen, there may be some times that you fall off. But that's all right. Get up and start all over again. Don't quit. Don't quit. Uh, go to First John 5 and 4. I'm almost finished. Praise the Lord. First John 5 and 4. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even... Our, somebody shall faith. faith. Now the message Bible says, every God-begotten person conquers the world's way. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. I'm not a quitter, I'm an overcomer. Come, oh God, say that, say, I'm not a quitter. I'm an overcomer. Overcoming is what I do. I, you don't have to say this, I possess the power that brings the world to its knees. Brings the world to its knees. Now, listen to me. Faith is a law. And since it's a law, it'll work for whoever works it. You've got to work your faith. God says that the Bible says that God is no respecter of person. So it's a law. And it will work for whoever works it. You got to work your faith. See, you don't have to get jealous of anybody else. You just heard somebody got $900,000 worth of debt canceled by working their faith. And you know what's so crazy? They wasn't even here. They wasn't even here. Their, their relatives were here and brought the message home. They got it secondhand. And some of us are sitting right in here getting the message and talking about what you don't believe and other folk are believing and receiving. They got it second. Anybody ever, anybody ever been around somebody smoking weed? <laughs> yeah, some people will sleep like, did he say weed? <laughs> did he say, <laughs> did he say weed? <laughs> anybody ever smoke weed? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You wasn't smoking it for no pain either. You ain't had no prescription. I had me, I had me a scription. Anyway, uh, so, so, so here's my question. Here's my question. I don't know if they still call it, I don't know if they still use this term or not, but when I was coming up, they had people that were smoking weed and people that wasn't smoking weed, if they was in the same room, they got a contact. Did they still use that term, contact? Young folk, did they still use that They act like, I don't know. 
And you think I'm going to admit that right here in church? Absolutely not. I don't know what they call it, pastor. So they call it, they call it the contact because you could be in the same room where somebody was smoking and you didn't have to be smoking. You would get high off of their smoke. And that's what happened with this girl's family. She got the lesson. She went home and shared it with her parents and they got a faith contact. They got a faith contact and they worked that scripture and they believed it and they confessed it. And $900,000 later. Now what I want you to think about is, how much do you owe? Some of you sitting here right now like, and I love, I love, I love the fact that God, God knocked out $900,000 so he could raise your level of thinking and your expectation because $900,000, some of y'all just need $100,000 and you can look at that $900,000 and say, Lord, if you can do that, this ain't nothing for you. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. This is going to help you. Go to Mark 11 and 23. Mark 11 and 23. I want you to hear what Jesus says here. Jesus says in Mark 11 and 23, he says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus says, whosoever shall have whatsoever. It'll work for whoever works it. And when Jesus says, whosoever, it erased all of our excuses. It didn't matter where I grew up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about my race. It doesn't matter about my background because I'm a part of the whosoever. Tell somebody, say, I'm a part of the whosoever. Whosoever shall say whatsoever, can have whatsoever. There is, that takes the limits off. Because I'm a part of the whosoever. Then he says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, get out of my way. The mountain has to go. See, mountains have to go because they, 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 they obstruct vision. Don't cancel it, it'll hinder it'll hinder or or delay it, but it can't deny it. Now, some of y'all are ready to throw in the towel because you've been handling mountains the wrong way. You've been trying to be a mountain climber when you're supposed to be a mountain mover. Why are you trying to climb what you can move? Whosoever can have whatsoever. You're around here talking about climbing climbing mountains. You remember that song? I'm climbing up. Well, I used to hate that song. And then you ain't, you ain't just climbing up. You want to climb up the rough side. I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain. What's the rest of it? I'm doing my best just to make it in. Lord, have mercy. Ain't word based at all. Now, y'all, some of y'all look at me like you're mad because that's your favorite song. Your song is wrong. You ain't supposed to be climbing no mountain. The Bible tells us that we have power and authority to speak to mountains. 
I come in, 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 in a mountain is in front of me, I tell that mountain, get out of my way. You gotta open your mouth and speak to your mountain. So in the face of the opposition, we've got to refuse to quit. We've got to refuse to quit. Now we're getting ready to see some supernatural things that happen in our lives. Some supernatural you, you, you know, I, I just testified about the young man who who just last week said, Pastor, I'm believing God for seed to sow. And he couldn't get back to church fast enough. The seed was in his hand. Now, you know, the Bible talks about this. Let me close with this. The Bible talks about seed time and harvest. Sow a seed. You waste some time, and then there's a harvest. You sow a seed, you waste some time, and there's a harvest. That's the natural process. But God says, I'm going to move you to the supernatural. In, In Amos chapter 9, verse 13, it says, yes, indeed. It won't be long now. God decrees things are going to happen so fast your head will swim one thing fast on the heels of another and there's another translation of that scripture that says that while you're sowing on the heels of your sowing the harvest will come right in so God wants to move us from the natural process where you have seed time and harvest to we go from seed and jump right over the time And right there in harvest. See, God's moving us to a place where we'll go from seed to harvest. Come on, say that with me. Say seed to harvest. Seed to harvest. Y'all not saying that like you mean it. Seed to harvest. We're going to operate in the supernatural. Anybody believe in God? For supernatural Dead cancellation. You're trying to figure out how God's going to do it. That ain't your business. There's over 7 billion people on this earth. So God has over 7 billion ways to bless you. My daughter called me up the other day, Friday. Said, Daddy, somebody called me. They wanted your cash app information. I said, my cash app? Yeah, they, they, they want your cash app in information. I said, what they want it for? They want to send you something. See, I was thinking that my cash app only worked in one direction. <laughs> I've been the sender, not the receiver. But God's turning that thing around for me. Hallelujah to God. They said they want to, they, they, the Lord laid you on their heart and they want to send something to your cash app. I said, well, thank you, Jesus. Things are turning around. What I'm saying to you is stop trying to figure out how God's going to do it. God will put you on somebody's mind and they'll want to be able, God can have some people that don't even like you bless you. 
I want you to confess that I'm believing for the supernatural. Come on, say God's will for me is to be debt free. One more time. God's will for me is to be debt free. I see me debt free. Come on, one more time. I see me debt free. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd love for you to do. First, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us to continue to reach others, visit our website at destinychristian.org slash radio. That's destinychristian.org slash radio. I'll see you next time on Discovering Your Destiny with Steve Allen.